The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe. And 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Monday. I am Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News, FM 104.5, 106.1. We are at Lone Star Community Radio Station in downtown Conroe. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the restaurant industry and what's going on and how they are fighting to stay alive. My guest today will be Jim Hallers. He is the uh, partnering owner for Tailgaters Pub and Grill, both two locations in Magnolia and the other one in, on Kirkendall in the Woodlands and Citizens Grill. He's also a board member of the Texas Restaurant Association. Also with him is Melissa Stewart. She's the executive director of the Greater Houston Restaurant Association. She also manages Montgomery County, and we'll talk about that. And are you also involved? You're involved with the Texas Restaurant Association as well. Yeah, we're all wholly owned under the same yeah, umbrella. Everybody's all together. And we're talking about <laughs> yeah. restaurants. So this is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic, and they are located by Conroe High School. If you're a new patient, you can pay just $25 uh, for her to examine you. And uh, it all goes back to CASA and helps kids as a child advocate. So if you still want to get out and enjoy the summer, who doesn't? Uh, the city of Conroe Water Park should be open this week. We shall see. Watch for information on the City of Conroe website, cityconroe.org. And that's going to be open 11 to 6 at Candy Cane Park. So if you really want to know what's going on with all their activities and they're doing soccer and flag football and all that, don't ask me how. Go and find out yourself. Go again to the cityconroe.org website. So the first Thursday concert and market days for August is postponed again. So that would be four months, April, May, June, July, five months, sorry, five months. (laughs) So it is postponed again until September. Uh, So that's also with the market days, the farmer's market and all that at Heritage Park. So the new dates as of today, September 3rd will be Already Gone, which is a tribute to the Eagles band. September 17th is Escape, which is a tribute to Journey, tribute bands galore. October 1st will be Rope in the Wind, tribute to Garth Brooks. And October 22nd is Bree Bagwell. So uh, that's what's going on and we're going to flow right into the restaurant talk with my guests jim and melissa so welcome guys hi thanks for having (laughs) us yes thank you very much margie for the invite oh this is going to be fun i think so challenges you've had lots of challenges since march right i bet you know the date jim uh I was going to say I have two dates because I have locations in both Harris County and Montgomery County, 
and uh, March uh, 12th <laughs> and March fun? 15th. Both uh, are very special in my heart. March uh, 12th. That would be a Thursday? Thursday, Friday. They, they, in Harris yes. County, they shut <laughs> down a few days earlier, and we had to go to takeout only. Um, and then here in Montgomery County, it was March 15th was the uh, final day. It was, and then uh, we went statewide March 24th. And you know the dates. That is no surprise to me. So, Melissa, tell me a little bit about your experience with restaurants, how you got involved with that. Sure. So I actually came to the Restaurant Association from an after-school uh, background, but my work in advocacy was a really natural thing. I'm native-born Houstonian, so you know I love to eat. I know, you know, it's just I was such a great and generous group of people. And um, what I realized very early on in working with restaurants, and I started back in 2013, was how incredibly complicated restauranting is. On, in addition to everything else an entrepreneur has to do, you have sanitation and health code, and maybe you got into it because you had a great recipe from your grandmother or you love working with people, but you didn't get into it because you wanted to be a real estate agent, an HR professional, logistics manager, and so it's just been really fun working with restaurants and getting to know them and just meeting some of the names behind, the people behind the big names. So, you know, I... Um, in Houston, uh, Mr. Molina is somebody who I talk to a lot, and that's pretty cool, or getting to talk to Alex Brennan-Martin and Jim, of course. You know, When you see the <laughs> name on the marquee and then you get to meet the person behind it, it's really special. It's really fun. So I'm sure you have some favorites. I do, but I never mention But them. you know, they're all your favorites, right? <laughs> Everybody's my favorite. Well, you know, it's usually whatever I'm hungry for and whatever's nearest. And, you know, that's the great thing about restaurants is their incredible diversity. And so I'm pretty much the worst person to ask, what's your favorite restaurant? Because now it's 20 questions. Well, how much do you want to spend? Do you want to eat in? You know, what, what uh, atmosphere are you looking for? What are you hungry for? What don't you eat? Um, and after about 30 or 40 questions, I can give you about 30 or 40 suggestions. So right. <laughs> it's awesome. How many restaurants are involved in the Houston Restaurant Association? So throughout our region, uh, and the, I'm going to give you February statistics because they've dropped off, unfortunately, since then. Uh, so our greater region, which is all up here in Montgomery County and uh, Woodlands and down to the Galveston area, we have in excess of 13,000 restaurants. Oh Represented my. within the association are probably about 39 to 4,200 units. So, for example, some of our restaurants would include James Coney Island, which is 20 plus uh, units, mm -hmm. or Jim's, which is two plus. So it kind of expands mm -hmm. uh, from the units. Uh, but we're really proud down here to be the culinary capital of the South, and it's something we take a lot of pride in, and we bring a lot of folks in to test out. I, I'll bet that people just don't even think about um, that there is a restaurant association and, you know, that you advocate for the restaurants, um, work in their behalf as far as legislature goes, and especially with all the changes of Lately Right, with COVID and all of that, Jim, you look to them for Ab absolutely. And and one of the things hints. when I joined the Restaurant Association, I, I thought and and I joined it 10, 11 years ago. You know, just as a regular member in the first few years, didn't even really know they exist. You kind of joined to get the sticker on the door that says "Eating Out is Fun," and I think that's you know one <laughs> thing people in Texas you know are used to seeing is is that. But but also then initially you know to get some of the discounts and group programs. And then after a while, and, and actually I, I, I had some local advocacy here in Conroe over a smoking ban that, that happened so long ago. And I guess that got my name in the newspaper. And then pretty soon some people came knocking on my door and said, you should really be a member of the Restaurant Association. 
And uh, they sucked me in, and I've been there now for about uh, six years or so. They didn't just suck you in. You're a board member. I so we, we've, you've right. elevated yourself. Absolutely. Right, right. <laughs> and, I, and I'm a former, former president of the Montgomery County Restaurant Association as well. Um, the, the big thing is, is what I learned very quickly was that, that it was the advocacy you know, that was more important than a discount or a deal or, or the little group functions. Speaks volumes when you have a herd behind you, right? Well, it does. <laughs> One of the challenges restaurants have is they're incredibly siloed. So if Jim hadn't joined the association, he's got his two units. He's got some, you know, economics of efficiency because he's working two places. But even as involved in the communities is, he could probably walk out in the two or three restaurants on the corner. If you weren't in the association, you don't really know what their best practices are. It's really hard when we see things come up to the legislature that maybe we needed to feed or maybe we need to advocate for. If we had to go one by one by one to get our thousands and thousands of, te of Texas restaurant tours together, we would never do it. So that's what the association does is we can speak with one voice. We can carry that voice in uh, to take care of our members at all levels of, of uh, the government. You know, and, and today, you know, I know some of our local legislators, you know, by name. When you go to Austin to visit every it's two important. years, every two years you take a trip up there. Um, people know you. And, and one of the cool things, I think even years ago when I walked in and didn't know them, um, I would walk into their offices and they have all this staff, these young staff that they bring from their own districts to work there. Mm -hmm. And I walk in and say like, hey, I'm from Tailgaters Pub and Grill. And all the staff is like, oh, we love your place. You know, <laughs> now that didn't mean that, you know, the senator or congressman knew it, but, you know, that, you know, their staff knew it and at least got me a favorable audience. I'll you tell know. you, that's one of the hardest things when we go to D.C. is I can't take queso with me. I can't take it, you know, <laughs> safely and, you know, keep it at the hotel to deliver it. Right. And you can just see these poor staffers who are so homesick for good Houston, whatever Mexican it is, Mexican, whatever, barbecue, yes. you name it. And uh, you, you'll tell them, you know, who you're with and they're like, oh, I love, and they name, you know, any of our many families places. And they go, oh, you don't have any other, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I feel so badly. But, uh, and that's, uh, I know when we walk the halls in Austin, we can do a little bit better. We can take salsas and oh, sure. put con pralines. Or at least you stuff. used to be able to. I don't well, know. Well, that's true, right? We don't know what this year's going to look like. It's going to be very different. Like Coming so up many in, in March, yes, I usually go to that too. But, you know, food is great because it, it gives you comfort and it brings memories. It's kind of like music. People have their favorite dishes and it just gives them a cozy feel and they have memories of family gatherings or friends or businesses or anything like that so restaurants are very important and we need to keep the restaurant business alive so let's talk about nitty-gritty stuff things have changed all the time and i don't know where you want to start but i mean you're doing I, curbside I, right I, now i mean ab well absolutely and obviously when dining in was allowed back on may 1st we we went to that as well so the, the big thing is to understand is really that uh, people are like, well, isn't curbside enough? And for full service restaurants, oh it's not, okay? Um, so starting March 15th or March 12th or March 24th, whatever, whatever date March, you pick, yeah. every, every, every full service restaurant in Texas, you know, started losing money, okay? And uh, to this day, none of my locations of, of any of the four make a profit month to month. You know, our how, do you, how is that sustainable for you? So, well, so if we take March, April, May, and June, the government program came along with a paycheck protection program mm -hmm. loan, and I was able to uh, apply. 
uh, Wood Forest National Bank, our local bank, took, took great care of me. In fact, they were one of the leaders, I think, in Texas in getting Absolutely. applications in. So I, I was banking at the right bank. i got to give them their plug. I bank there, too. Yay. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, basically, I was able to get the loans for each place, and it was based on your payroll for an eight-week period, you know, right mm-hmm. basically before all of this happened. And the rules they set up at the time when you got the loan said you had to spend the money, 75% on payroll, over the next eight weeks from the day you got the loan. So all of us obediently got the loan. We used it to pay our employees, you know, the 75%, and the remaining 25% we could use for rent and utilities. And so we did it, and so we made it through the, the, the horrible period, okay? But because of the way they did the rules and the way they kept us closed, no one knew when they passed the when they passed that first paycheck protection program deal, no one knew we were going to be closed for months and months and months. So this eight week in their mindset, oh, that should be enough. So come about week seven, when they realized, oh my gosh, nothing's going to reopen or things stay has to stay shut down. They uh, changed the rules to allow you to spend it over 24 months, <laughs> or 24 weeks, I'm sorry. With the sliver you weeks. have left. 24 right. weeks, but all of us had like 10% left, or 5% left, or even had used it all, because the whole idea was to save your employees. So we put our employees to work. Now, during takeout and curbside, for example, we used to have servers and bartenders that made two thirteen an hour. We instantly put them all to $15 an hour so they wouldn't go on unemployment. In other words, and we rotated them through, you know, everybody because had Because if they so go on employment, shifts. you may not well, ever see them, right? Right. Well, so what happened is, is because during those first 45 days, it was curbside only. And a typical, like my tailgater's location, the, the larger one employs like 80, 90 people. Now, the kitchen staff got to stay fully employed because we're cranking out to-go food. But the front of the house staff, they had to take turns, and all of them maybe had two or three shifts a week. So they were able to go on limited unemployment. Okay. Now, once they started getting that, plus the federal part, nobody wanted to come back to work. And so, you know, we can, we can extend that out now. It's, it's one of the things that, as a business owner, you think, wow, you know, the downside of it's horrible that people are getting laid off, but I should be able to find employees that want to work. That didn't happen, and it hasn't happened yet. Have you heard about that happening too, Melissa? Yeah, it, we absolutely have, and we are having a challenge with employees on multiple fronts. So we do have certainly a percentage that staying home with their unemployment benefits, with the extra kick, is sufficient that they don't feel the need to go back. Uh, we have we don't have schools. We don't have daycares. We have, um, you know, very vulnerable people who maybe they're all living together in a household. So it's multi-layered. The money is absolutely a thing. Um, the great thing about the money, thankfully, is that it keeps rent getting paid. It, it, the people who are getting this money are spending it, so that's something. But, you know, not having anywhere for kids to go. and Or if you're living with a, a grandparent or a parent who may be in that super high-risk range, then you have to think, am I going out every day? Am I going to bring it home? Maybe you're a single parent. And so it's... There's a lot of complications. There's a lot, and, and the reality yep. is we had an employment, a labor shortage in February. <laughs> so, yeah. so we didn't go into this, this started, fully before staffed. Before this started, so, so it didn't help. And the other thing is, is, is here in Texas, you know, we shut down on in the middle of March because of what we were all seeing on TV in New York City. Okay, you really feel like that put the pressure on it. I mean, there were some other reasons, but that was a primary driver. 
But here in Texas at that time, we didn't have widespread COVID at all. Like no one knew anybody with it. And here in Montgomery County in particular, it was, you couldn't There weren't find, that many cases. There weren't that many right. cases. It was very hard. They were counting them in the tens and 20 well, digits. Right. We didn't have any testing to figure out who had cases anyhow. Right. But but the big thing <laughs> yeah. is, is that, so, but they shut down completely when we probably should have went to 50% or 25%. And in fact, when they shut us down, we had just gone to 50%. Right. And we were hoping they would have given us a few weeks to prove that it would work when they just took us all Well, the didn't you go down. to 75 for like a minute? For about a minute. But for, well, that was, on the yeah. way, that was on the way back up, and I, was, yeah. I wasn't even excited about going to 75. I was like, hey, hey, let's, let's see if 50% well, 75 works Well, 75% didn't work for a lot of restaurants because you had it was the percentage of occupancy plus social distancing. And if you're having to keep six feet apart or four feet with barriers, how much space does a dining room have? Right. If you think about it on a packed Friday right. night... There's just, you know, you can move tables or whatever, but very few restaurants were able to yeah, remotely honest, get to 75%. The honesty, the 50%, 75% that made no difference because no one had room for tables. And you still couldn't do big, bigger than parties of 10. One of the challenges that um, I think a lot of folks don't realize is a restaurant tour is operating with, at best, a 90% cost. Um, most of them are about 95%, which means every dollar you spend in that restaurant, 90 to 95 cents are going right back to the customer experience. There's very little wiggle room. So when you do things like shut us down on a dime or add in all of this uh, protective gear, all these new rules and regulations, that tiny, tiny, tiny percentage evaporates almost immediately because look at all the to-go containers you had to buy. Look at the food that probably went to waste when we shut down without being given any warning. Think about the beer and kegs that went stale because it didn't get to get used. I mean, it's just an you amazing... You got a lot of beer, too. Yeah. Oh, yes. And that, and it, <laughs> it, trust me, we replaced it all when we reopened. And in uh, and, and one of my locations is a bar. And what was interesting there is, you know, May 26th, we reopened. And uh, June 24th, whatever it was, you know, one month later, we closed again. And we had just replaced all our beer, all of our things. It's like, and now it's all being going to have to be wasted again if you're for those of us that that have bars they're in particularly bad shape because we we had a 62 day shutdown in march and april and here we are on another 30 day one going to be another who knows how long and and you know when you have zero revenue um you don't know how you're going to pay the rent well and, and that's it you, you zero revenue but absolutely you have costs you may have had loan costs we know in this area we've had Amelda, we had harvey we had you know, we've got folks who have loans that had to rebuild from flood or wind or water damage. Um, you've got mortgages. Um, you know, there's the equipment you went to put in. Restauranting, there is a passion to it. It is an amazing industry, but by goodness, it's hard. It is, you, you don't have a wiggle room. And these are the kind of things that, um, you know, I'm so thankful for everything, every GoFundMe page, every consumer who's buying gift card. All of those are fantastic things. But in order for our restaurants to make it out, for that celebration to happen again at your favorite place, we need massive and substantial federal help, state help, so that our operators can be made as whole as possible. Because when we make them whole, we make the banks get their money, the mortgages get paid, rent gets paid, our employees, it all trickles, it all People trickles don't get down. Evicted, it's huge. You yeah. know, plain and simple. And the perfect example is that, is that the bar, you know, it's a smaller bar. The PPP loan there was like $80,000. And I, I did my balance sheet through the end of June last night, and our losses that it covered was about $80,000. So now I'm worried about August, September, October, November, December. Because if you're just losing fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month and all of the fixed overhead cost, 
how long a runway can you go, you know, before you just give up or close permanently. And we've seen more and more permanent closures. You're saying more all the time, aren't you? I, I see popular, I see popular landmarks, even you know, some famous little local dive bars, or even like uh, down in Spring. You know, Big Texas said we're out of here. We That's give right. up after so many years. And so you're going to, if there isn't a second round PPP for restaurants that they can actually get, because they're talking about setting the way to get it where you have to have had more than 50% loss in sales. And or I, and you I'm have gonna, less than so many employees. employees. And I'm going to talk about, about the problem with that is like at my large restaurant where we have like 90 employees, and right now I, I, I did it. I only For the month of June, we're only down 15% hay in, in um, sales, <laughs> right? But instead of making... Sixty or seventy thousand dollars, which you think you should make on three hundred and some thousand dollars of sales, we lost money because we have extra payroll costs, extra COVID costs, extra everything costs. So the location still lost money, even on a fifteen percent sales reduction, and that's how thin a margin we operate on. And then when you have everyone actually, you know, raising your prices, raising your cost, and uh, you know, I spend uh, six hundred dollars a week on paper menus. And I, I know people are like, hey, QR codes are cool, but I actually like people to see a menu. Have you thought and about putting them on the table with like a clear right plastic? Now, right now, the rules something? say you must use single-use disposable. The governor's office has not changed and said you can use laminated menus or some kind or of sanitized service. And so the, those the table, you know, kind of thing. Again, if you know. had some kind of cover. But the deal is, is the, they didn't change the rule yet, and we haven't got them to change the rule. It is one of the things we are actually advocating for, is that can't we use laminated menus and, and, and just them sanitize them between use. Well, one of the big things that I really always want to make sure everyone understands is restaurants were in the health and sanitation department way before COVID, and we will be in it long after. We have always taken our consumers' safety and health into consideration. We have certifications that you have to mm -hmm. have. We have um, management that has a much more difficult certification. We have health inspections. All of these all things. All the time. Ongoing. All the time. And so, yes, we absolutely have stepped it up, but we weren't acting capriciously be to begin with. Right. And we get a lot of focus on restaurants and even bars, which also have a lot of standards, a lot of certifications. Uh, but... It's an unfair one. It's because people relate to it. They think, oh, I cook at home. And so restaurants, the same thing. It's not. Uh, <laughs> but they just, there's like a relatability to it, or it's such a part of your life um, that we get called out a lot. But the reality is restaurants are exceptionally safe. And we are going to tremendous expense and burden to just be, to be there for our community because that's our passion. The, the other thing, if I can jump in, Margie, and, and I, I can't be sure it's causative, but, you know, restaurants reopen for dine-in May 1st. And, and we've stayed, stayed open, okay? Now, the big panic in, in hospitalization cases here in Texas started about the middle of June, really, when the weather got hot. But I'm going to go in. We opened May 1st. Two weeks later, there was no big jump in cases. It stayed flat. The, a week later, it was still flat. A week later, it was still flat. If you were exposed in a restaurant, you should have already been seeing the uptick in cases. And we were flat. Now, once they opened bars... But we also had the whole summer scene starting, and we had the month of May to get people all happy again. They thought, ooh, something good's going to happen, and they all went and had parties and celebrations. They were Memorial Day was a killer. And it was a comfort thing, and everything was good. And, and they've still been doing it, even in the face of this. And um, it, the answer is they're not 
taking it totally seriously. And so the, the infections are happening outside of restaurants. Right. And, and we're having to deal the with gatherings. the ramifications of that. Yes. The backyard yes. party is much more dangerous for our community than probably almost anything else we're doing right now, admittedly. Um, and that's what people don't understand. Eating yes, out is not a scary thing. Because, I mean, I saw a chart on social media today that said, you know, that's one of the worst things you can do. That is not. It, it's the gathering no with, with people. It's the, and it's the well, grandma's got to be fine, or my mom's fine, or the neighbors are fine. They're good people. And you don't realize that you don't have any idea. It's a, it's a silent spreader. It's, it's different than any other catastrophe we've ever dealt with because in this part of the state, you know, we, we've seen the floods come through. We know we can deal with that catastrophe because we can see the water go back. We can plan it. We just don't see it. And our judgment is just crazy bad. <laughs> and, 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 Melissa, I'll add that, you know, on the East Coast, you have a lot of restaurants in basements, in old buildings with poor ventilation systems with the air stagnant in them. And, and here in it's Texas and Houston and Montgomery County, yeah. it's not the same. We're cranking out air conditioning, our vent hoods. We're probably right. pulling more air out the, the way our buildings are constructed. And we're new. You know, let's face it, the whole yep. Houston area has only been here 40, 50 years for modern development. Absolutely. And, and, and not to and mention everybody who's been rebuilt over the last 10 years. <laughs> well, I want to take a break. But before we do, uh, can you tell me, since this doesn't make a lot of sense, Melissa, have y'all talked with uh, Governor Abbott about these things? Absolutely. So I will say, and I need to be very clear about this, is the governor's office and our state reps and our, even our local reps have been tremendous partners as far as communication. The challenge is we're not the only people talking to them. And so we've gotten some really good wins that we'll talk about after the break um, and we, that are very, very helpful. Um, but the reality is it got so bad so fast that there's just a lot of Shut it down, and there's just not a just lot of stop. room. Right. Just there's stop. just not a lot of room for nuance. I get it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N, chiropractic.com. An estimated 1 in 10 births will result in a neonatal intensive care stay, also known as the NICU. Overnight, a family can find themselves and their newborn baby in a critical situation. The Mila Foundation financially and spiritually assists families in need. If you would like to volunteer or become a monthly sponsor, please visit us at www.themilafoundation.org. Again, that's www.themilafoundation.org. Because every life matters. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. 
Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Hello, we're back. I'm Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News out of downtown Conroe, Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5, 106.1. And we are here today with Jim Hallers. He is a board member of the Texas Restaurant Association and also owner of Tech Tailgaters Pub and Grill in Magnolia and on Kirkendall and Citizens Grill and also see seated beside him but six feet apart is melissa stewart she is the uh, representative executive director of the southeast texas uh restaurant association so that's big southeast texas that's like so, so start here and i can go all the way up to our to east texas and catch the oklahoma and arkansas border there oh and then my. we go all the way down to galveston but we have a lot of really common interests just in this corridor together. And Montgomery County's in between. Montgomery County. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a north side girl. I, I live in Champions in Houston. And okay, you're so, not that far. No, no, no. I'm. This is this was like driving home today. Okay, okay, cool. And what you may not know is that the Texas Restaurant Association has a team of 35, 35 yep, paid staff. 35 That's a lot. It so it, it's big and mighty. And we're going to talk towards the end of the show about how uh, you can get involved in the Texas Restaurant Association. Wonderful. Do you have to be a restaurant to get involved? No, if you support restaurants we also have a, a level of membership for what we call allied members so if okay. you're in the restaurant supplier business if you like to eat you can join we will take care of you we, will <laughs> we, we got something for everybody <laughs> okay so uh what direction do you want to go do you want to talk about labor shortage you want to talk about alcohol and bars y'all lead this i i mean certainly let's talk about um labor shortage you know because even when we've had some people come back to work and work willingly we want to talk about some of the pressures they feel, you know, whether it's at home or, you know, I've, I've had the employee not show up for work because a parent or someone gets sick in their house or a child gets sick. But it's also sometimes they come to work and they just get stressed out because the customers, you know, while at first they were really supportive, you know, March 15th when we shut down curbside only tips were pretty good. Everybody was just really supportive. But as this has gone on and on, I think it's, you know, the wear, the wear and tear of this on everyone, but, but in particular the customers. So now they have less and less patience. Okay. And, and, and I mean, I got a one-star review at one of my locations last night. And we don't get too many one-star reviews, <laughs> but he was yelling because the manager, you know, closed the kitchen at nine o'clock, which he has the discretion to do because he hadn't had a customer in like 30 or 40 minutes and he wanted to save that labor. And, um, you know, it's like, hey, you know, you're supposed to be open till 10 o'clock. And then he went on a big tirade and, you know, and he talked about how the host wasn't very da da da. And it's like, you know, you want to reply and go, you know, well, I, my host that I've been able to get to work on Saturday night is like 17 years old and she's probably not going to give you the best <laughs> instructions. And, you know, I'm sorry, I can't keep my restaurant open, but there's 20 people working here hourly. But you don't say that. Some of them, blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, you just apologize. I'm sorry. And you please say, come back I'm, again. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but again, you know. There's but, more but to the story. four months ago, people were giving you that slack. And today they're back to being, you know. Our grace you know. is worn out. And a couple of things that I think um, that I'm always fascinated with is 
one in three Americans' first job was in our industry. So that is an amazing stepping stone into a lifetime of everything else. Um, so many people start with us. And in February, uh, before our shutdown, when we looked at statistics, one in 10 people were employed in our industry across uh, America. So we are a lot of your staff, and we're a lot of new staff. And, um, you know, grace is always a nice thing, and we've, we've really had to ask for it because we, we have to follow the rules to keep open. So, you know, if, if it's put on a mask, if it's, no, I can't sell you 17, you know, beers to go in your car <laughs> opened up. I can't, you know, fill an open container. Like, there's, there are rules that we have to follow because we're doing everything we can to make it to the other side, and we don't want to make it to the other side without a liquor license, without our health permit, without any of those things. And it's been really hard on our labor because they're having to juggle so many things and they just want to take care of the community. And every now and then when we get somebody who we can't make happy because they probably just needed to be mad, it's really hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, from the restaurant owner standpoint and the, the staff, you know, it's just, you know, look, it's the rules. Please wear your mask in. Keep it on until you sit down at your table. And you we know, won't ask again. And we won't ask again. And, it, well, if you get up and go to the restroom, we might ask. Or, and on sitting. the way out. You know, and I have some customers going like, I'm not going to wear a mask or I'm not going to put it back on when I leave. And I'm like, you know, you're you're walking right there by this 70-year-old grandmother who's maybe terrified to come out to this restaurant. But she did because she thought it was safe. And you're going to ruin her experience. And usually with that story, they'll put their mask on. How is it different than requiring them to wear shoes when they come in? It's not. It's, it, it, has become a, it has become a political thing that's very unfortunate because we now, again, have our frontline 17-year-old hostess who's trying to navigate a very complicated emotional situation when it's really just put on your mask, go sit down, and let us take care of you. Let us welcome you back into our home. And if, if that's not comfortable for you, take us to your table. We can help you at the curb do just about everything that you can duplicate at home and the freedom of your house however you want to do it. And I think that's a great way, if we're ready, to maybe move over to alcohol to go because that has been a lifesaver. So, Absolutely. alcohol to go. So, it's been an al- a lifesaver for those restaurants that really can cater to it. And, and I, think that, I, I think that's been great for the Mexican restaurant industry and the margaritas, oh, yeah, margaritas to go. Yeah. But there are a number of other restaurants that have been able to add it successfully to their programs. My particular restaurants, we sold some and along the way. But once we were back open for dine-in, the, the, the demand for it has fallen off. But it's been great that, you know, we passed actually a law in Texas last year that we can deliver alcohol with takeout. Beer so, and wine. So, so if it was being delivered to your home, beer and wine could be taken to your house. So that was the first step. Mm-hmm. And then when the pandemic hit, the Restaurant Association worked with the governor's <laughs> office and finally got it where... So now we, we can have mixed beverages. What we haven't been able to do quite yet, and this is what we need to do for Jim and his, his uh, type, was we need growlers to go. We need that beer that's going stale, sitting in the kegs, to be able to go into a growler and go home. Um, it's been really hard. We have so many fantastic craft breweries in our area, and these, these guys and gals are just doing awesome work. And mm-hmm. it's really making us a tourist destination because people come down and they do the little craft beer tours. Uh, but they're not set up to do everything in a can. They count on a certain amount of keg business. And when beer sits in a keg, it does go stale. And so we're working on getting growlers to go, and that would be a great thing. It, it would be amazing because two, two of my locations have, well, they all have beer tabs, but two of them have 40, you know, beers on tap. And I would 
Customers still want their favorite locally brewed craft beer. And, and at Citizens Grill, we feature, you know, Montgomery County breweries. I mean, there's eight or nine beers that you can, you know, made right here in there's this area. There's some right and down the road here, right. not far. And, and some of those breweries don't even can, meaning they're completely hurt when draft beer isn't being mm-hmm. sold. So we're really so. working on that. But the alcohol to go has been fun. And that's been, you know, that's something that we hope will stick because, as Jim said before, we had we had gotten the law passed where if it was being delivered off-premise, it, it couldn't be mixed. So you, if you, that's where you saw the little airplane bottles, which, again, that was a huge waste because that's not how restaurants buy alcohol. But, you know, <laughs> so by being able to mix it, mm-hmm. we're just seeing a lot of innovation, which I'm so proud of the industry for. Uh, but it's it's all this innovation. Every creative, fantastic thing we see is just to almost see the t- where the water breaks. It's not even to keep our heads necessarily above water. Uh, but there's some, some really fun stuff. So Moscow Mules, or uh, we're seeing some restaurateurs do, um, you know, a, a Zoom session with their mixologists, and they, you know, they have patrons come and pick up these old kits, and then they go home and everyone watches. That's interesting. And it's yeah. just, so we're seeing a lot of innovation. We're seeing a lot of wine tastings to go, which are really neat. Um, and they're, they're I like that things. idea too, Jim. <laughs> it, it, it's a fun one, and we, you know, we they do a pairing, and so the patrons will come and pick up the wine and the appetizers or the cheese, and they go home, and then everybody logs in, and the sommelier comes on or the bartender, yeah. and they say, okay, everybody get this out, and let's do this, and it's a nice sense of community, right? And that's what we're missing. We we miss community. You just that noise in a restaurant. Um, I just saw a film that we did uh, for an award. And I'm so used to this award having patrons everywhere and talking about the restaurateur and how much they love him or her. And it just hurt my heart to watch just, you know, the little hostage video where people are sitting with nobody around them. And it's what we have to do. And, again, we, we know we'll that. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. But it's it's hard for somebody who loves that social mix. That's why our restaurateurs do it. They love people. And to not be able to be around people, it is tough. Yeah. No, and and. And that's one of the reasons why we want to get bars with kitchens back open yes, too, so so that we have more, you know, more places for people to go, um, yeah. because they need that break from getting out of the house. That's what you see when you know when you reopen or when we reopen, people are just like, "I'm going crazy in the house." Well, it's just, yeah, it's I get it. It's and, and you know, not everything translates, but the restaurants, the bars that have the full kitchen, they have the overhead vent, they have the full built-out kitchen, they have entrees, they serve food all day, they look. Everything like a restaurant. They just have their ratios a little off. And we are working. That is one thing that we are very aggressively working with. And we're, we think we're getting close. We're trying. Uh, and we've got some, a couple of workarounds that haven't, don't satisfy for everybody. But it's one thing to go to your favorite restaurant and get this grand meal. But sometimes you just want a burger, some fries, and a beer. And that's what these guys can do really, really well. If you're not sitting, you know, you're sitting down. You're socially distanced. You're not wandering around. Um, you know, I, I'm so darn mad at the people where we see on social media, where you see these nightclubs and everybody's all rubbing up against each other. And it's like, you do not realize the industry you're killing. Your desire to go out off the books or for somebody who doesn't want to follow the rules is literally killing an industry and, you know, taking money out of owners. You're, you know, you're hurting your, your, your friends, your friends who work in this industry. 
um, it's just it's despicable. One of one of the things that that I've even been seeing more and more lately is, of course, and you see it statewide as some announced, they're just going to open back up. Mm-hmm. They're just like it's illegal to be ordered shut. That was going to be my next question. Because they're just taking a chance the, the, and they're well, just the doing law, it. The law right now is that you you're, you're if you have fifty one percent red signs, you know that that's saying right. you know when you walk into a bar if you see those signs fifty one percent red, that means you sell more alcohol than beer. And by order of the governor, you're supposed to be shut, okay? There are restaurants with red signs, okay? Mm-hmm. There are red restaurants with There's red some signs in Montgomery, in Montgomery County. County. It's not that hard to get and, to. <laughs> and, and, and there are some, and, and we're not going to name them, because there are some in Montgomery County with red signs that are open. Yep. Okay? And, and, and you know, let's just say there's... You know, enough common sense to uh, maybe, you know, selectively enforce in this county. Absolutely, in this county, without question. Y'all's judge has. Don't go to Harris County. It's a whole different world. Very different. Very different world. But it is different. It's black and white. (laughs) Absolutely. But what we know, and Jim and I walked the hill in Austin uh, a couple sessions back, we know that take a a hamburger. That really hasn't changed terribly. Maybe it was $7 five years ago. They're about $10 now, maybe, depending on what you're getting. But when we talk about all these fun craft beers and great cocktails, so if I went to a restaurant and I said, okay, I want my burger entree and I'm going to have two beers. 20 years ago, the burger was probably more than my two cheapy beers because I just got, you know, whatever credit was there. But now when I get my burger and I get my two craft beers, chances are I'm paying more in alcohol on that ticket than the burger. Nothing changed in my scenario. Two beers and an entree. No, no big thing. But now that restaurant, because of that kind of transaction, now all of a sudden they become a bread tag. Or even to, what we've seen in some of her really fine, fine, fine dining is they have very, very expensive bottles of wine. So you have situations where maybe four people sit down and they all order full food, but they have two bottles of $400 wine and it tips the scales. Ah, and I so it's just amazing. Never thought how of it, it that way. It really can happen very easily. So it's not, as Jim said, the black and white comes to What's the food that you're serving? What's the, does it look like a rose and smell like a rose? Because those are the restaurants, those are the entities that we will open and going. The pure nightclub and the people who are just thumbing their nose at the rules, that's a whole different deal. When they they close bars, what I really wish they would have done is differentiated or said, hey, bars can be open until 9 o'clock at night or something, or bars with kitchens can be open until 9 o'clock. Let's just stop the nightclub business. I mean, you might get a Sunday pool party or something, but at least... You've stopped the worst offense. Even at uh, both of my tailgaters' pub and grill locations, I have a license and I'm a restaurant. I can be open till 2 a.m. as long as you know we're there serving food. And we used to keep the kitchen open even later, but I, I noticed that the behavior of the late night crowd was such that I wasn't as comfortable staying open. And I've closed those locations now at midnight, even though I could be open making more money. And, and we just discussed earlier that no location was making a profit. But I chose to forego those two hours because it's also two less hours of exposure for my staff. They're in their masks, everything else. But um, the later it gets at night, the crazier it gets, um, even in a restaurant bar. And you just at some point want to draw the line and say, hey, let's all go home. Yep. Well, I have a couple of questions. First of all, uh, when you were talking, it made me think anybody can get the COVID for their staff. And if you're a restaurant, you're more than likely probably had one or two people that did have it during the last couple of months, possibly. I would think by the time it's all said and done, I think you'll be hard-pressed to find an employer that didn't have an employee 
Right, that's down. what I'm saying. Right. I mean, it would, it's it kind of all it over. Everybody very, knows right. somebody now. It would, I would take think. a very small mom or pop restaurant to to have escape it, and those that have 80, 100 employees have probably already had a couple. But that doesn't make them any more dangerous than anything else, and that's probably that, that's the point. Absolutely, I mean, the point. you can get it going to Walmart right. or the grocery store, which has been open the entire time, right? Well, right, <laughs> and and well, and in fact, th- that pointed out that for the for the locations where we kind of know people that have had COVID at work, that they didn't get it at work. You know, contact tracing has shown it was that birthday party on the weekend. They they had to go to X party or they oh when they're off they all want to go hang out and uh, they hang out in places you know in groups and uh, somebody gets it and bingo exactly what happened early on is we had restaurants because again we're safety and sanitation they'd have an employee come down or employee had a roommate come down and they say you know what abundance of caution shut down bring in this very expensive clean through just in case just in case there's no proof that anything is absolutely not food transmitted but there was no proof that anybody was getting it from the restaurant and what we saw was because it was great clickbait, it was every restaurant that did above and beyond trying to take care of their community was held up as the, the, the terrible whatever, when up and down the street, they were not the only one with employees that had COVID. So, you know, a lot of them are still absolutely doing the above and beyond, but they're doing it overnight and trying to keep it a little bit further off the radar because they were getting dinged, even though they were trying to do so much more than was even necessary. So let's talk about what's what's happening right now what precautionary measures are you taking in the restaurant that have changed i i mean absolutely and and, you know i'm as a member of the association you know i try to follow the texas restaurant promise we came we the restaurant association came out at the beginning of this and tried to say hey look for us to be open here's a set of rules that all restaurants should follow And, and we give this freely to all restaurants and we hope they're all doing it right you know maintaining the six six feet of distance seating parties no greater than 10 hand sanitizing station you know you should at the front door see hand sanitizer and other places in the restaurant um we're not leaving you know condiments silverware glassware on tables anymore you'll you'll see us bringing single-use packets of ketchup or the little, the little you know, pepper the little and the salt and, and all things. that right. yes so so that you're not having the the repeated touch um basically disposable menus you know and not not even worrying about cleaning them you know paper menus or the qr codes you know on your phone having to view a menu um and in my restaurants you know it's we have an actual health screening every morning we take everyone's temperature with the with the gun and you know you ask them have you been feeling bad anything else Mm -hmm. because look if we find somebody with a high temperature we're gonna get out of here go home right or if somebody says well i have a little sniffle we're like how about you take the day off because we want zero chance of somebody coming in to work, and 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 you know, and making sure all all staff wear masks. Um, basically, that and all the areas get cleaned and disinfected. And honestly, if you've ever seen a restaurant get cleaned, they're, I mean, any good restaurant, and and that's almost all of them. They they're cleaning their counters every day. They're cleaning their kitchen equipment every day. They're cleaning everything. I know some restaurants so. locally have some kind of a. Uh, fog that comes yep. in we've got a we've misting got that. fog mm-hmm. uh that uh they do it after hours absolutely and jim forgot to mention the one of the most important parts of our promise was we have we have ask of our customers as well that's right so we know we say we are going to do this for you but you, we need you to do this for us which is if it 
put the mask on until you get to your table. Um, if you're up and around, please wear your mask. If you don't feel well, please don't come in. <laughs> let us let us take it to your, let's put it in your back seat and you can take it on home. Um, because this is a partnership. As a Do community. Do unto others. Absolutely. Yeah, if, if the you, golden if rule. You, if, you're, <laughs> if you're sick at all, stay in the parking lot. We will bring you your food to the table, and we, or to your car, you know, and we will sit it down. We will do it contactless, It's whatever all about the grace takes. you talked about. Absolutely. And that's, that's what we're trying. So. As a community, we are not going to get out of this. It's not just the restaurants. We have all got to figure out how do we break the cycle. And you saw the, you've seen the commercials with the match, and if you take some of the matches out, they can't keep spreading. And it, that's what it is. Wash your hands a lot. You know, try and keep your bubble. Um, you know, enjoy yourself. It's tough. I mean, I've had a 10-year-old out of school since March, and let me just tell you, she and I are about to have words. Uh, but we can get through this. It's not forever. We just have to do our best to get through it as quickly as possible together. And we will get through it. Absolutely. It's just something we have never seen before. I hope to never um, see again. Knock wood. I mean, to me, it's almost like the Great Depression and world wars different in itself but yet that was all consuming in its own entity too and somehow everybody got through it and there were great booms after it so that's what i keep thinking is let's let's hold on this is the farmer planting the seeds tilling the soil the rewards will be there we just have to do the work right now and trust that it will show up on the back end yeah as a restaurateur i meet with my management teams and say guys the goal isn't to make money today the goal is to break even you know, so we can be here tomorrow, people next a good month, experience. next year. Right. Let's do what we can, but we have to make it. And we might have to be like this six months, eight months. We don't know. But to extend our runway for success, we need to do everything we can to, to be here. So I also want to talk about, uh, we talked about the advocacy that the Texas Restaurant Association has. But you also have relief funding. Um, yes. Tell me a little bit about that. So... We are genuinely, there's no stone unturned. So if anybody goes to the Texas Restaurant Association's website, which is txrestaurant.org, there's no paywall, so you can get to it very easily. And there's tons of resources for restaurateurs as far as, um, you know, governance and guidelines. There is a Texas relief uh, fund that restaurants can apply to. I think at the moment it's shut. We need to put, we're trying to get some more money to put in, and then we send it right back out. Uh, But there's also links for employees. Um, several different foundations and funding for employees who may be struggling, um, and that's there. Uh, but we've got all of this open because, again, we want everyone to do the best. It, it, there's been a lot of information coming down really, really cl- quickly. And, you know, Jim does great things, but he never thought he was going to have to be an interpreter of federal statutes, and that's what he's become. Mm-hmm. And, you know, very quickly everyone has had to become a lot of an expert on how can I use my PPP? Uh, if some, what is the new paid sick leave if somebody has this qualification? And how do they get it back? And do I get a tax credit now or do I get it later? It's, it's complicated. It's so hard. And so we try and help. We're trying to. <laughs> You're not having as much fun as you used to, right? It's, well, there's always been red tape over the years. It's just more red tape. We're just there to help, and that's our whole goal. And come find us, and you you can find links to me or to our office. Uh, again, just. Find the number, call, ask for Melissa Stewart. They'll get you to me. And whatever we can do to help you. Uh, We are a membership organization, but right now we are an industry organization. We are here to support the industry 
and to make sure that we are here for our communities for many, many years to come. I, I can't say enough for the restaurateurs out there that if you don't belong to the Texas Restaurant Association, even if you never go to a meeting, even if you never, you, you really join to support so that we're there to do that advocacy so that we, you know, so that we can pay the staff of 35. Isn't it kind of like to, being a member of a, a chamber or anything Absolutely. like that? Absolutely. Only even more intense because it's, industry specific you know uh so you really do advocate on their behalf all the time especially now especially now and And, and, you just never know when you need something and the differences have been huge i can can only say from my trips to austin from my visits from actually getting some laws changed over the years um it's made a huge difference in you know in the ability of restaurants to survive and we're really thankful and you know our local elected officials are just great and they're part of our community too and they have stepped up to recognize our value um, but that's the value of having a voice and it's been really challenging I think for some of our industries out there that don't have a strong voice because they're getting left behind and everybody needs help right now what have we missed what have we missed? Uh, some fun innovations. I just want to mention a couple yeah, of things. Let's talk about fun. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, we've left no stone unturned, whether it's to try and get aid and help at a federal level, but we also, how do we make the restaurants do everything they can? So some of the things through the association and partnership with our different uh, government en- entities, uh, we talked about the alcohol to go. We've gotten food waivers so that your restaurant can kind of act as a grocery store. We knew we were having some real food supply shortages. But what we also saw is if you were going to drive through and get a meal and you could get a dozen eggs, some bread, and some things at that same time, that was one less stop, one less exposure. So we... Um, we one size fits all. That we, sounds we're good. Trying. Are we're trying. you going to do trying. that, Jim? Uh, we're doing <laughs> fa- packaged family meals. This is something that has like been that. a big thing where... Uh, we recognize that, again, with our dining rooms reduced or people maybe not feeling like they want to go out, we still want them to enjoy that around-the-table feeling. So we're doing family meals. Um, we also, a lot of the grocery stores, you'll see some of the restaurants in the grocery stores. Uh, we've got some waivers to make that a little bit easier, and we've had great partners with mm. Kroger and HEB where they're coming to some of our popular restaurants mm-hmm. and they're making little to-go things that you can pick up at the at the grocery store. So we're acting as a grocery store, and the grocery store is acting like a there restaurant. There are some Woodlands area <laughs> restaurants where you can go find their meals packaged in the HEB stores. I too. am familiar with that. And one of them, yeah. I gave them an idea, and they went with it. So I love it. Like, so. That's what we need. And just we're just trying everything we can. So we're trying to be innovative. Um, now, one thing I will mention to, to your listeners is that maybe your favorite item's not on the menu right now. And there's probably a couple reasons for that. It doesn't mean it's gone forever, so don't panic. But one of two things is happening. Either, one, maybe we're not getting the quality to take care of you as a customer. If it's not quality, we, don't, we would rather not sell it to you than have you have a bad experience. So we're really trying to be very careful about the supply chain and what we're getting and does it meet our standards. Fresh as, products, things like that. And size and all that great stuff. Uh, the other thing is we have to stay spaced in our kitchen. And some things are a little bit too complicated with our spacing that we have to do and some of our rules that we have to follow. So some items have gone beside that. And then the last thing is some things just don't travel well. Something that is beautiful and fantastic when you sit there and get it straight out of the kitchen and to your table in the dining room may not make it home in a cardboard box. And again, we just don't want your experience to be crummy. So we're really the working around those things. presentation and all of that. Absolutely. Yeah, so the farmers, they've been really hard pressed as well, right? Yeah. We're working with them too. Lots of these, these, all of these innovations help our farmers. Okay, so uh, the website again, um, twrestaurants.org, TX Restaurants, TX Restaurant.org. 
Okay, TX. TXRestaurant.org, no plural. <laughs> TXRestaurant.org. You can also just Google Texas Restaurant Association. Yes, and I know you're trying to get up a Montgomery County Association as well. There once was, and now it, we, we it's have timely some, it needs to come We have some bones, um, but if you're in Montgomery County, just reach out to us. I, my whole team takes care of you. We'll connect you. We'll make it work. Okay, and Jim, thank you. Any last words? Very welcome. You know, I, I just want to leave it with uh, this next few weeks as you see uh, Congress up in D.C. deliberating and, you, and, and, and you're sitting at home going, oh, they can't give away another gazillion dollars. Just remember, if they don't get something passed to support restaurants, you can probably kiss a lot of your independent restaurants goodbye by the end of this year. So it's super important that they, they get that restaurant part included in there. We need a second round of PPP or something because it's going to be really bleak. Can you talk to our local uh, representative, Kevin Brady, and see what he can do? Representative Brady has has always been an advocate for the restaurant. He's been a great partner of ours, and we've got him up there fighting for us. Yeah, we can can make a list of everybody's reps. Okay, all right. That's all (laughs) of our show for today. I am Margie Taylor, and this is uh, sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic. Thank you all, and YouTube video will be up later on. Thank Thank you you so much, Margie. We appreciate you having us. Appreciate you having us here. Thank you. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoy today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.